Welcome to American Lit. I'm Steve Hamstra. Come on in and we'll explore the letters and literature of our American forebears. This is episode 54 of American Lit, and today's reading is uh, not politically correct. Let's just say that. Uh, It is Black Beaver, the Trapper. Uh, Here it says, the only book ever written by a trapper, which would explain the uh, poor spelling and grammar found throughout it as well. It was published in 1911, and it's a collection of the many stories of J.C. Lewis, better known as Black Beaver. He hunted and trapped uh, all over the world, in fact, America, Australia, South America. And uh, today we're reading from the chapter entitled Back Among the Rockies. Here we go. After we arrived from South America, we planned on trapping one winter for bobcat, civet cat, and mountain lion. Providing no catastrophes happened bigger than a cat, we trapped in the Arkansas, Big Sandy, Bayou Creek, and on to Poverty Flats. Then we crossed over the Black Hills, landing at Buffalo Gap. Here, a ranchman hired us to kill black bear, which were killing his cats. The black bear of North America is the most harmless of all bears. His average weight is about 400 pounds. He lives on honey, grass, berries, weeds, roots, ants, and insects of all kinds. He is the hardest species to hunt. When a hunter is on his trail, he invariably is next to it and will climb upon all the high roots and logs and peep back on his track to discern the hunter. It is hard to get a shot at him unless the wind is blowing so you may circle him and shoot from the windward side. He will stuff a bullet hole with moss to prevent the flow of blood and many other cute sagacious tricks. He dens up about the 15th of December and comes out about the middle of March. As is usually supposed, he comes out poor. But this is a bit of misinformation. On the other hand, he usually crawls out after his long snooze fat as mud. As well as usual, we had a lot of work accompanied with our usual success. We were well paid for our hunt and moved up to the Muscleshell River in Montana. In Montana, we caught fine beaver. The beaver is a very instinctive animal. There are several varieties, the dam builder, the bank beaver, the bachelor beaver, and the drone beaver. The beaver ranges in color from white to black. I never saw a white one and but one black one, except when I looked in the glass. The beaver weighs from 20 to 30 pounds in the United States and from 40 to 50 in Alaska. His food is bark, young grass, and such foods. They cut timber down and know where it will fall. I ascertain this because I have known them to leave trees alone which lean the wrong direction for them to use. I saw on the North Platte trees cut down by beaver which were four feet in diameter. They make chips resembling a chopper with a dull axe. He cuts his timber for winter and anchors it down four feet underwater with mud, using his tail as a scow and also for a spade. 
Beaver dams are great hindrances to the man with a canoe. Beaver meadows are splendid feeding grounds for deer and other animals. I have seen beaver meadows, that is a place where the trees were all cut down and used, covering hundreds of acres. After breaking camp, we went to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and from there to Frisco, then over to Australia. We sailed out from the Golden Gate on the 5th day of June, and on the 20th day we reached Belmont, Australia. From here we went by rail up the Darling River. We spent about 14 or 15 days prospecting for catch, but found nothing but hot winds and hot sunshine. So we cut our visit short and returned to Frisco the later part of July. We next went to Idaho and raked up our old gang with new accessories and began trapping on the Clearwater and camped just below the Continental Divide. We trapped to the St. Joe Divide and as far south as Bald Mountains. The snowfall in this part is very heavy. We were making a deadfall one day when Billy Thorne made a miscue with his heavy sharp axe and severed his shin bone and nearly lopped off his leg. The axe stuck about four inches below the knee and nearly cut his leg completely off. We were thirteen miles from headquarters camp. We made a litter and carried him all the way. He nearly bled to death on the way. There was no doctor within sixty miles. I thought it was up to me, their old chief, to perform an operation. I washed the wound out as clean as possible, cutting away all shreds of flesh with my beaver knife. I hewed out some sweet birch splinters and tied the limb tight with moosewood bark from his ankle to his thigh. In three months he was able to walk, and after six months he was trapping as usual. While Thorne was laid up, I had a double dose of work to do and grew a little careless, so much so that something happened which never happened before. I was cleaning my gun and rolled it over on my knee. I had forgotten to remove the loads, and off she went, tearing a big hole in our camp. I had had a good deal of trouble in my life teaching my men to always be careful about accidents. This same thing had happened several times to the other fellows, but never to me before. Most all old trappers and hunters get into trouble of their own sooner or later because of carelessness. I never cover up a trap with my own hand. I found a trapper starved to death caught in his own bear trap by both hands because he was in the habit of covering his traps by hand. I always school the lads to cover every trap with a stick. It is better because the animal can smell hand marks readily. After the accident of my gun explosion in camp, I went out to look at a trap which I had set for a wolverine. I came to the spot and found the chain broken and the trap gone. I began brushing away the snow, supposing he had dodged into a hole nearby. The trap was set at the root of a tree. Suddenly I heard a growl, and down from the limb leapt the dark skunk upon my left shoulder, while the trap struck me fair in the face. I did some tall scrambling to shoot him off, and emptied my revolver into his skin. My shoulder was very sore for three months, so we had two cripples at once. The next streak of ill luck... 
Another of the gang got lazy and would not wash well in cold water and contracted cold and then pneumonia. This laid him off for nearly three weeks. Our catch this winter was wolverine, lynx, marten, ermine, a few beaver, and otter. But my marten were of all more valuable. I was engaged the next summer in Colorado by a ranchman to trap mountain lion. The mountain lion is a species of the eastern panther. They weigh from 80 to 150 pounds. Their color in winter is a steel gray and in summer is a grayish brown. Their food is rabbit and grouse. Their haunts are the Rocky Mountains. Their hides are used for rugs and robes and worth from 5 to $15. They also feed on calves and colts and are very hard on a horse ranch man. They often attack men. I have known three men to have been killed by mountain lions. The mountain lion is very shy. He can be poisoned the best of any way of taking his life. To trap a lion, you must set all bait traps and deadfalls horseback, and be sure your horse has no shoes nor horse nails in their hooves. If they have, the lion will steer clear of the trap, for they are very clever in every way. One time I was delayed from camp, and it grew dark, and I had an awful time to pick my way home. I soon discovered that I had more than dark and difficult roads to battle, for I was being followed by a lioness, five whelps, and an old dog lion. I was on my favorite horse, old Gotch. He feared lions equally as great as I hated squaws. They followed me for about three miles, and when I reached an open space in the woods, I halted near an old fir stub. I dismounted cautiously. I could hear the old dog growl and the whelps squeal like a flock of young pups. I found some dry leaves and struck a fire, breaking off the limbs of the old stub for fuel. After an hour, these limbs were all burned up, and I had to go about thirty feet to another stub for wood. I had to be pretty foxy, for both lioness and dog kept uncomfortably close to me all the time. I carried my six-shooter in one hand and wood in the other arm. Just as I was returning with a load of wood, the moon broke through the cloud, and the old dog was standing about forty-five feet away in a bunch of weeds. I pulled my gun and took a chance shot, and as luck would have it, I broke his four shoulders, and he could leap around but not direct his course. I never heard such a tearing racket. He would leap ten feet high and fall on his head when he struck the ground. By this I knew I had fixed his front limbs. At this the lioness and whelps retreated, and after an hour I mounted Gotch and rode up near the tired and crippled dog and sent a ball through his heart. I returned to the fire and had a little sleep before daybreak. I skinned the old fellow the next morning, and he was a monster old, rugged, brawny, and covered with twenty-three wounds. He had also been shot three times before. After we broke camp, we went to Mexico and rode a horse ranch. Following this, for several months, we worked our way northward, taking careful notation of the changes in saddles, horses, and riders. I have ridden many wild horses and used many kinds of saddles, 
but the king of all saddles is the meanie. We could tie onto a steer that weighed a ton and not be afraid of tearing this saddle to pieces. We loved wild horse riding, but we got so beastly full of lice that we quit. We have caught lice several times from the tourists and tenderfeet, but could always get rid of them other places by the cowboy method. At night, take off your shirt and turn it inside out and spread it over an anthill. And in the morning, the ants have all you company preserved for the coming winter. The cowboys are a clean lot of brave, loyal lads. They carry guns, but not as is supposed to use on one another, but to shoot wild horses which they are riding. Suppose your foot gets fastened in a stirrup and you are thrown. You will not go far till you are dragged to death. This is where the gun does its intended work. I have had to take my hat and strike the top of the water to drive the bugs down so I could drink without swallowing bugs. I used to cook and thought nothing of taking my water from a slough where several carcasses of cows were putrying. Sometimes I ran short of soda and then I would use the ashes of buffalo chips for soda. All this is as harmless to health as eating asparagus grown in a manure pile. Well, life grew monotonous. Each succeeding year brought old-time haunts and the accustomed experiences. So as we sat at midnight in Portland, Oregon, in a grand ballroom indulging our only bad habit, smoking, simultaneously the Coyote Kid and myself proposed to the gang let us go up to Alaska. To this we all shook hands. Mm. And you can only imagine the tomfoolery that Black Beaver gets up to in Alaska. Uh, I'll put a link to the book on our Twitter feed. That's at American underscore lit. And you can read the rest for yourself. Uh, I will say that the final chapter, Bits of Information, Characteristics of Black Beaver, uh, is particularly hilarious. Uh, apparently, the only place he ever got lost in his life is Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, of all places. And uh, he also says he could teach the U.S. Army a lot about surviving outdoors. Ah, anyway, how about the Wild West nature of today's reading? Uh, guns aplenty, wild animal encounters, having a favorite horse, and what a name for your favorite horse, Old Gotch. <laughs> oh, and using buffalo chip ashes for soda. Oh, I can't say that I uh, feel the same admiration, though, for uh, trappers that I do for uh, other American forebears. Uh, though, in fairness, I have to say that East Coast Americans were happy to buy the furs, so uh, there's plenty of blame to go around there, I think. But I, I do find the stories interesting and kind of fun, nonetheless. And I hope that you find American Lit interesting and fun. And if you do, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And feel free to leave a good review with an American flag emoji included. That's it for our show today. Find this episode anytime at AmericanLit.com, where you'll also find lots more good literature and letters. That's AmericanLit.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at at American underscore lit. Goodbye, friend, and God bless you. <laughs>